Welcome back, everybody. Hope you're all having a great day today, and we got a good episode today with the playoff picture finally set as the play-in tournament has concluded. The finalists for all the NBA regular season awards have been released. The 2021 regular season MVP race has been a heck of a ride, and it has been between two dominant bigs and the greatest shooter of all time, who arguably just had his best season ever. I could only be talking about Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Stephen Curry as the finalists, and they each have their own unique case for MVP. Let's start with the Joker, the unguardable human. His basketball IQ is through the roof, and as he, everyone knows, where he knows where all of his teammates are at all times, and he asserts himself in the paint, creating his own shot, while also being comfortable taking shots outside. He, near, he nearly averaged a triple-double this season as a center with 26.4 points per game, 10.8 rebounds per game, and 8.3 assists per game. He picked up some extra ropes. He picks up some extra rolls when he, Jamal Murray went down, and he has done a fantastic job of keeping his team competitive among the top of the Western Conference. We have the trusted the process for many, many years now in Philadelphia, and that process finally seems to be coming to full circle in Joel Embiid. Embiid has proven his dominance over the years and years, but this year in the paint, he has just had the ability to move around, maneuver around or defend, around defenders like never before. He is a top 5 scorer in 28.5 points per game and a top 10 rebounder in 10.6 rebounds per game. In addition to his offensive play, he is a wall in the paint, locking up other 5s and 4s around the league and not letting them get to him or back down. When healthy, he is the best big in the league, no doubt. And now, last, but certainly not least, the one, the only, Stephen Curry. This season, Stephen Curry reestablished his greatness in a lot of our minds, with taking on a new role, not really having a two option of Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant for that matter, as he's been gone for a couple years now. Curry took it upon himself to go full MVP Curry mode, and that is just what he did. To give his team a fighting chance at this year's playoffs, which is what he did. He was right there with Memphis and the Lakers to try and get a playoff spot this year, but they just came up short. He is this year's scoring champ with an average of 32 points per game, and his crazy month of April really opened my eyes to the true greatness of one Stephen Curry. In my opinion, he is no doubt the greatest shooter of all time. He's the best point guard in the league, and he will be this year's MVP. The showtime performances he has night in on that and night out this season were undeniably the most entertaining thing I saw out of anyone. And he was the most valuable player to the Warriors and he would be to any other team as he finds ways to keep his team in games that they necessarily shouldn't be in and he's always a showstop talent that no one can really guard. As for Rookie of the Year, it is a tight choice between LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. Ball was looking like the runaway favorite until he went down with a fractured wrist that put him out for six weeks, which allowed Ant to continue to improve and score as he finished with 19 points per game on the average. Nevertheless, LaMelo's highlight reel plays and hype surrounding him give him my pick for Rookie of the Year. Now for Defensive Player of the Year, and this one's interesting, as we have three solid candidates in Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, and two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. 
I feel as though with these finalists, the category is split based on defensive preference, with both Ben Simmons and Draymond Green being more versatile, guarding a wide range of talents, while Gobert falls into the typical category of a defensive player of the year and the protection of the rim. Although the versatility of Simmons and Green is special and their ability to guard a wide range of talents cannot be ignored, they cannot anchor a defense quite like Gobert can. Gobert is the glue of the Utah defense, and he protects the rim at all costs, which gives his other teammates the confidence to try and make some risky plays on defense because they know that even if they get beat, players of all different sizes will run into the great ball defender of Gobert. With the win of the award, Gobert would join a rare elite group of players who have won the award three times, including Dakeem Obatombo, Dwight Howard, and Ben Wallace. The most improved finalists are Jeremiah Grant, Michael Porter Jr., and Julius Randle. Randle is the runaway favorite in this one as his jump shot and leadership role on the Knicks has transformed the franchise entirely and himself entirely into a new player. Randle has upped all of his major counting, uh, counting statistics this season as he averaged career highs in points with 24.2 rebounds, 24.2 rebounds with 10.3, assists with 5.9, and steals with 1.0 per game. Randle is a workhorse too as he is the league's leader in minutes as he played 37.4 points per, uh, minutes per game, absolutely carrying this Knicks franchise, but his improvement was so vital to this Knicks team, which has helped him transform into an all-star level talent, challenging him to bring out the best of him night in and night out because he has to do it to keep his team in the playoffs. Now for the guys that are last, but certainly not least, we have the sixth man of the year candidates in Derrick Rose and two teammates of the Utah Jazz in Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson, he's the runaway favorite in this one. He averaged 18.4 points per game on just 26 minutes of play. Clarkson is a huge part of the reason that the Jazz have held the league's top record for virtually the entire season as he provides them with a major spark off of the bench. It's not often that a team's second leading scorer it comes off the bench, but that just goes to show how important Clarkson is to the Jazz, or he would be to any six man on a team. You can't ask much more. He's asked, been asked to carry the offense for stretches when Mitchell has been down and injured or just simply on the bench, and he has provided this team with instant offensive, offensive success when the first five are struggling to score. In terms of impact off the bench, you have a hard pressed to, to find a, a better candidate than Jordan Clarkson. Clarkson this season has a, is, a, is an efficient scoring and his ability to come in and fill a major role is just unmatched. Just to add in at the end real quick, we have the arguably the most important guys and giving them some love in the coach of the year finalists. We have well-respected men in Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, and Tom Thibodeau. Each of them have incredible resumes as Monty Williams has transformed the Sun squad who went just 87 and 241 over the course of four years into a contender for the top record in the whole entire NBA. The one who holds that top record in the NBA is Quinn Snyder's Utah Jazz. Utah earned its best regular season winning percentage since Malone and Stockton back in 98 and 99. The Jazz finished 4th in offensive rating, 3rd in defensive rating, and 1st in net rating. Thibodeau 
has returned to the Knicks, uh, turned the Knicks around in just one year as he has guided them to a 41 and 31 record to a number four seed in the NBA playoffs. While New York Knicks has, they missed the playoffs in each of the past six previous seasons, including a 21 and 45 record just last year. This year's Knicks team has drastically improved on defense under Thibodeau, allowing the fewest points per game and finishing third in defensive rating. The Knicks also dominated down the stretch, going 16-4 and in their last 20 games. New York has also earned home court advantage in the first round of the NBA playoffs for just the second time in the past two decades. In my opinion, with all the cases on the table, Thibodeau's is the strongest. He has turned around an awful franchise, absolutely awful franchise, into a dead middle-of-the-pack playoff team that has several key pieces and that take pride in their game and that have improved drastically under the environment he has created in New York, especially one Julius Randle. Now, don't get me wrong, Snyder and Williams' impressive records should not be outdone, but I feel as though the mass injuries in the West took away from the legitimacy of those records. While Thibodeau, the Knicks have always struggled in a less stacked Eastern Conference, and this year the East was actually the most competitive it has been in recent years, and the Knicks held their own under Thibodeau's leadership. So love them or not, those are my picks for this year's NBA Awards. We will see how it plays out on paper, but these guys are the, uh, who I think are the most deserving of the awards. So comment down below who you think should earn the awards. Argue with me, debate with me. I'll I'll t- communicate with you down in the comments. I'd love to, and I hope you all enjoyed all the picks and uh lo- loved my points. Uh, see how the the they can improve. Let me know how they can improve next time here on Blake's Take in the comments. And please subscribe and like so I can try and do better and uh, continue to improve and strive forward in this aspect of. Giving you my take, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, you all have a great week, and uh, I will see you all in the next episode. You can catch it all on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Have a great rest of your day.